welcome to this edition of At The Mic. I'm your host, Keith Malinak. This week, I sit down with Todd Erzin. Todd is a big part of the Steve Day Show, which follows Glenn Beck on the Blaze TV network every day. Our conversation about his life is next. First, Calvin Coolidge Month at American Pride Roasters Coffee is coming to a close. You're running out of time to save on that three-pound box that they're offering at $5 off. It's the Silent Cow Blend featuring that smooth and bold South American coffee mixture. My goodness, it is the perfect coffee. Right now, the three-pound box is going for just $40. And so head over there to aprcoffee.com. Don't forget, type in promo code ATM, stands for at the mic, ATM at checkout. And you'll get an additional 10% off of your purchase. Calvin Coolidge was a beloved American president. He helped slash the federal budget while drastically reducing taxes. Can you imagine an American president trying to do that today? <laughs> Let aprcoffee.com save you money in Coolidge's honor right now. Get to aprcoffee.com, offer code ATM. Try that aromatic Coolidge blend today. You're listening to At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Todd Erzin is this week's guest on At The Mic. Today, he and I discuss the state of the nation, his passion for baseball, and his umpiring gigs. But he also tells us about the time he got arrested. That chat begins right now, right here on At The Mic. Joined by Todd Erzin of the Steve Dace program, who is on Afternoons on Blaze TV, the Blaze Radio Network. Todd, thanks so much, man. I'm glad we could finally make this work out. Yeah, it's a privilege to be asked. It's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely. And by the way, right out of the gate, when we are taping this conversation, your daughter has reason to celebrate. I want you to brag on her for being a state champion. Congratulations to the family. Thank you very much. Uh, it's... Uh, as a grizzled, bitter, 48-year-old man, it's the closest thing you can come to being like a kid on Christmas uh, to see uh, the, the shared joy of, uh, you know, opening up presents, the, all the hard work that uh, uh, that your daughter puts into it. It's absolutely, uh, it's it's something that in that moment, and we had a listener of our show, yeah. unbeknownst to me, sitting right behind us. <laughs> Who took a picture of me cheering and then shared those pictures uh, with us, just as Ainsley, my oldest daughter, she's uh, just finishing up her junior year in high school, crossed the finish line to win her second state title. Uh, my cup runneth over. That's uh, cool, man. It Just awesome, an awesome, awesome day. It is so great to see our children succeed. Um, so congratulations to, to the entire family. And you mentioned... Is she your oldest daughter or? No, she's she's my oldest of four daughters. Yes, yes. four daughters. That's what I want to ask you. My gosh, yeah. Because Ains she's 17. You have a 15-year-old, a 13-year-old, and a 10-year-old. There's going to be, I think, if check my math on this, there's probably going to be a moment in there where you have four teenage daughters all at once, right? Or or at least very close to it. Man. Very close to that. I know. Have you? I know. Now, it's, it's just life. To me now, you know, honestly, I don't know at the tail end there. Mm -hmm. I mean, we didn't keep having, we always planned on having a family roughly this size. So it wasn't okay. keep trying for a boy or anything like that. I'm not sure though, how much I'd even know what to do with a boy <laughs> at this point. Uh, these, and these, my girls are pretty easy. I mean, there's a lot of autopilot. They all want to succeed. I don't, there's no begging of doing homework so far. I haven't had any crazy boy problems. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I'm sure I'm going to be coming to you and everybody else at the blaze, uh, passing a cup around on my next trip to Dallas for future wedding uh, issues. But, uh, Man. other than that, it's, it's been a cool ride being mm -hmm. the dad of, I, here's the one, the best way I can put it is if you would have told me before having kids, would I feel any tinge of regret for not having a son before that i probably would have said yes because i'm a guy i grow up playing catch in the yard i had a brother stuff like but um there's never i count it as a grace of god i've never felt that once uh, it's great. just a blessing to have the four girls i have see i i mean you can pass that cup around the blaze but uh, uh i've got two teenage daughters myself uh and a son in between oh, do you? okay yeah. and, and, and my son in between who is very proficient with guns i would like all potential suitors of my daughters to be aware of um, but boy. Uh, he's, uh, uh, my oldest is 18. My youngest is 13. So I'm right there with you with having the teenage girls, but you've got double the fun as far as expenses and having to fight off boys at some point. So, uh, more power to you. I'll be the one coming to you for advice, uh, 
more than likely. <laughs> we'll compare notes. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you and your wife, Jill, been married for 18 years. How awesome is that, man? Oh, yeah. we're uh, Yes. the uh, and, and our anniversary is uh, tomorrow. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, thank you for uh, <laughs> hitting the memory button on that one for me, did Keith. You, uh, did you already get something, or do you still have to go shopping? Or uh, uh, no, th- th- that's uh, still in the works. Uh-oh. Still in the works. Still in the planning stages. Yeah, I. I mean, she's she's good, and there, 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 there's no trap doors on this thing, so cool. I'll, I'll come through in the end. Uh, no, it's so uh, she's in. That's why she's why I live in Iowa. I'm a Wisconsin guy. She's an Iowa girl. She was the maid of honor in a wedding. I was attending at the wedding, and uh, six months after meeting, I proposed, and one of us had to go, and <laughs> here I am working on the Steve Day Show. That is so cool. Because yeah, you were born and raised in Madison, Wisconsin. Went to the University of Wisconsin. Could you guys take it easy on Nebraska? Um, going forward please apparently not (laughs) apparently not so that's cool and and you live in iowa and you didn't originally just move there working for steve dace you were actually working alongside him right at the des moines register is that how that worked out well we we actually missed each other at the register he he uh, worked there and uh, left some the year before I arrived, and he had begun his early sports career in Des Moines. And uh, so I had just moved into um, uh, Des Moines, and I started at the uh, Des Moines uh, Register, where I worked for uh, 12 years, and every year that went by, it got more ridiculous and more contentious. <laughs> what kind and of stuff did you have to you... report on there at the, like, what was your beat? I guess. I actually started off. I don't have a journalism degree and thank God for that because I don't know what happens in those places, but nothing good. Uh, so I, <laughs> yeah, I, I started right. in the editorial department as a, 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 just an assistant editor, editing, um, letters to the editor and some, you know, minor, minor design, which I'm utterly unfit for. Uh, and then I got a, um, a, a, a community news reporting job and, uh, worked my way up as high as my personal, uh, worldview would allow because I enjoyed the conversations amongst people who, uh, uh, believe differently than me which is almost everybody there but when i started there it still had the you know the 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 decay it was happening but it still Mm. looked and felt like an old school newsroom Uh, and i wasn't threatened by uh, the sharing of ideas but a lot of people there were and it only got worse and worse and worse so i was capped in my 12-year career i saw people who started after me and were considerably younger breeze right past me because they were um, more than ready and willing to say uh, the sacred shibboleths, even if they didn't fully believe them. And then by the end of 12 years that we had this sorting hat that was like reapply. It was literally <laughs> you had to reapply for this cast of new jobs that, you know, so- uh, oh, no, I know. So and okay. I was finally out, which is what they wanted to do to me for a very long time. They just finally saw the right opportunity. Wow. So. My my experience is a little different in the newspaper. I worked for like a, a Metro Atlanta newspaper as a sports writer. I left in a huff as well, but uh, uh, probably for completely different reasons. Uh, that's just a. But there's so many good reasons to right. leave in a huff from a newspaper, no matter <laughs> where you are. Oh my goodness! So I love how your dream job as a kid, which was my dream job as a kid as well, and so many others that you know we we thought, man, I'm gonna I'm gonna grow up and play professional baseball maybe you didn't think that you were gonna play baseball i was just completely delusional but you at least wanted to be involved with professional baseball on some level i I don't know if it was as a player but i do know that you eventually um went to umpire school and was a minor league umpire that is awesome dude I loved it and i'm so glad i i checked that box in my life because you know it it when I go back to a baseball game, we have the I Cubs here, the Iowa Cubs, the AAA affiliate of the Chicago Cubs, and it doesn't happen anymore. But for when I first moved here, I would see guys coming through at the AAA level, and it takes a while uh, to get just to that level. Yeah. Uh, and I went to school in 95, umpire school in 95, and they were, so by the time I, early 2000s, you know, they were finally getting to AAA. And I'd have a tinge of, oh, what could have been for maybe an inning, and then I would start <laughs> eating my brat and drinking my beer and <laughs> looking at my wife and my kids and saying, no, I'm good. But I knew, I started umpiring when I was 13 years old. That's oh, when wow. you could, as as a Little League umpire, where, where I grew up playing Little League, 
and you, uh, you you would do the minor leagues. You would be 13, and you would do the 9- and 10-year-olds. And I, I absolutely loved it. All the reasons uh, kids who are... Uh, and I was a mediocre baseball player all, all the way through. And kids who are better than me in baseball, but would have all these excuses about what... You know, these people yell at me. I loved it. I thrived off of it. That's Even what I wanted shouldn't to... probably shock you. <laughs> I yeah. wanted to ask it, that's you. why it's why I'm doing what I am uh, now. I, I I think I just thrive on the 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 energy. I'm not afraid. It's not a bad thing to be passionate. Like the I hate in, if you've watched. I hate I hate instant replay in baseball. Interesting. Absolutely. It, it's taken all of the, the notions of get the call right. It's we've turned this into a robotic, emotionless bit of nonsense. I don't, I, if I was King for a day, I would take instant replay out of all sports, but particularly baseball, this mm. notion of now walking out to the mound and, and never not arguing a point, just let's go to, and they mm. still don't get it right. And super slow motion on a bang, bang play has nothing to do with reality. The real game happens at the speed of life. People are, they, I, I think a lot of inst- the need to get mm. everything right in sports tells you a lot about who we are as a culture and how we're losing our humanity. But it, 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 it's just instinctively wrong to me to need that call to be at first base, the, fr- you know, an eyelash of uh, outer safe and, and you can't live with the fact that it may have been right or wrong. No, but we need to learn how we need to argue with each other and it's okay. And then we go back and then we start playing the game again. That's life. Right now, this whole cancel culture thing is our total inability to do that. And for whatever reason, God gave me this gift early on. I found it through umpiring. And now I do this through the outlet of media where that the, the, the real passion, the real stuff of life uh comes out and and i'm trying to raise kids who also uh four daughters who uh understand that they they aren't afraid of the stage they they want to go out and you know remember george washington when he was a young uh general in the french of indian war and the first time he uh uh, been shot at and he of course he didn't get shot he may have had a different quote but he came away not limping uh and breathing oxygen and he said there's something charming in the sound i must say you know that's we've, we're taking that away with this stupid instant replay in baseball and i mean look at this show you and i are lucky the the world we're lucky enough to work in in the blaze we come here and people see we're passionate we argue but we're having fun this is good stuff we're not the bitter shrews at cnn or msnbc this is we enjoy the stuff of life and i found enjoying the stuff of life in baseball having that other seat i i knew i would never be able to enjoy that that long as a player and i just found another avenue of doing it yeah well see i'm I'm surprised that 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 was your take on instant replay because you read my mind that was going to be my question because as baseball goes professional baseball goes more and more toward um robots than umpires i mean the strike zone that they're messing with in the minors are you against that as well you want every element to be human correct oh yeah i uh, I, this is this is a cancer on (laughs) um the great thing that is baseball yeah robotic strike zones uh, I, 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 th- these are fighting words for me, Keith. I, I love mean, it. we're but, digging but see, in here. But see, the other the other side of that, I would come back with, and I would just say Angel Hernandez. I would just say yeah. Sam Holbrook. I would just say you know yeah. that th- you can you could possibly. Are you a Tigers fan? I am not a time a Braves fan. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. I wanted to see how personal it was. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, because no, I understand. No, but here's here's the thing. There's a fix on this, and th- but this is my point. We. And when we end up talking about other things uh, here within uh, the time we, we're sharing together, you know, and why we wrote a book about Fauci and Bark, this this expert knowledge that if we've just finally roll the bones the right way, <laughs> okay. we will get to nirvana. It can all be right. It can't be right if you take the people out of the people. I mean, that's that's the thing. We're, if we make ourselves less as human beings and an autopilot with technology that that's going to come off the rails sooner or later. There's an answer to the angel. And for, I mean, I, do you, the, the tiger's pitcher, perfect game ruined, uh, by the, uh, the <laughs> out safe call at first pace, mm-hmm. but there is a, there's a way around that. And it is that if it, it would have to be umpire imposed, but if it's not just about one guy, if it's about four guys and their reputation 
especially with a, uh, uh, and then there's always a crew chief, but there should be moments in a game uh, that, and, and normally every umpire is supposed to come together on a rule violation mm-hmm. or something like that. But even on a judgment call on something like that, there is no reason. And right now it's not part of in any way you're trained to be an umpire. They would never do it on a judgment call, but they should What just get together. You guys, did I totally blow that? What did you see? And if <laughs> if you and and if you are overruled, okay, do it. I, I everybody else would have said thank God that was present in that situation, and no one ever talks about that. And every time I bring it up, it, it never gains any purchase with anybody. I to me that is the obvious solution, and and not robot strike zones. Okay. Well, I mean, does it not? And I'm I see because I I don't know if you can tell yet. I'm, I love instant replay. I love getting it right. And and as a Braves fan... But we fan, don't. Hold on a second. But I, I would like to see... And I just sent you an email. So you can check your email after the after this interview if you would like to see... You and I, I will be talking about this till we're dead in absolutely. the ground, I can tell. But and I, I love it. I would take you to the wildcard game between the Cardinals and Braves. Cardinals won the World Series that year. And I contend they shouldn't have even made it out of the wildcard game in Atlanta. I want your response once you get a chance to see it privately you can reply to me um or we could take this fight to twitter but uh an infill fly (laughs) rule uh, that that was it it was the stupidest thing it was in left field and yeah my point is i don't know that a computer i don't know that the rules would be written as such i don't think that that's a reviewable play uh in major league baseball today i mean that was nine years ago before we had it but i think that it really lessens the chance of someone being corrupt because as you and I both very well know that the world is filled with corrupt individuals and you could you could see something like that uh, infiltrating. We don't have to spend the whole time talking about baseball, instant replay, robotic umps, but I just think there's some sort of fine balance there between human and, and computer. No. That, but a computer or an instant replay, I don't, again, why Why would that not have also been solved by the same? No, you're right. If they had gotten together. Yes, exactly. Yes. Somebody should have overturned that precisely. It, yeah. And I, I, I think there's real life happens at the speed of real life and <laughs> these the, these coming out and in any sport you know that we 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 forgot in football what a catch actually was because of instant replay <laughs> no that's a fair point that is a that's your best argument so far as far as i'm concerned <laughs> I, it's made us it's made us dumber it's made us less instinctive and these <laughs> sports are supposed to be ultimately about instincts and and the speed and and the ferocity and and then we turn it into this nerdish super <laughs> slow mo and I, it doesn't it it just does it doesn't even it doesn't smell touch feel anything doesn't feel like the sport to me I, I tell you what the solution is to all of this it's you more drinking I, well okay yes a that's absolutely true and and b you coming to Dallas and we go to a Rangers game someday okay. Man, we gotta. We just sit keep... there and we just talk baseball and and rules uh, the entire afternoon and don't even enjoy the new ballpark. Well, Aaron's wife, <laughs> our producer, needs to comply with this. But I don't know if you know. We, Steve and I are coming down in August oh. because Aaron's going to be a dad, and so we're going to come down and do the show again down there. Okay. So, but we don't know exactly when because it depends on when the baby was born. So hopefully. Okay. The Rangers schedule and that just all about falls to say, together. I was, yep, just about to say, she needs. You're absolutely right. She needs to have a talk with that kid right now, and and uh, it needs to be around uh, when there are afternoon games. Uh, focus, Bella. Focus. <laughs> I'm I'm looking at the schedule right now. As a matter of fact, okay. So, um, okay, we we've got so much ground to cover. Uh, in your large family in your house um it doesn't just stop with with uh you the wife and four daughters you guys are busting at the seams with pets too tell us about the how crowded does that house get (laughs) yeah three three dogs i do have a dude dog now oh uh yes so there's one and i have and 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 i have a dude guinea pig my youngest we had the dog our oldest dog olive uh, she's um, probably going on nine years old now. Mm. 
So we've had her for a while. But then my youngest, who actually just, you said, uh, she's the 10-year-old you mentioned. She just turned 11 yesterday. And Ooh. she's this animal uh, lover. And so she wanted some, sm- uh, Olive is a bigger um, kind of lavish dog. She wanted some small dogs, some, <laughs> you know, cuddle dogs. So we found these two that were bonded together. And I came up from Houston from flooding there. I don't know how they ended up there, but uh, they're perfect for us. They um really sweet, so the girls love them. And then also a guinea pig came into the picture at some point. I don't remember how I lost control of my life on that front. But I had four girls. That's how I lost control <laughs> yeah, oh, of my life on that absolutely. front. Absolutely. That's the answer right there. How many pets total do you have now? We have four pets. Okay. Three well, dogs and a guinea pig. Just don't let them outnumber you. That that that's the key. Because I think by law I can't anymore. I think we're maxed out here in Iowa. Maybe I can get one more dog, but I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> See, they, got... She's moved on to cats. Under no circumstances, <laughs> there will never be a cat in the Yerzen household. No. Okay. Well. See, we've got our ratio is five to five: five humans, five animals. So you're you're still your ratio is much more sane than ours. It's six to four. That's for sure. And are they dogs? Are they cats? What are they? Two dogs, two birds, and a rabbit. So uh, oh, wow. it's a little, yeah, there's some issues there. Some menagerie there. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> let me ask you this. I, I want to just go to baseball real quick here uh, again. Uh, you know, I don't want to yes. spend the whole time on it, but as an umpire, are there any memorable moments that stick out where you, as the umpire, were arguing with a manager or a player or someone in the stands, anything that sticks out from your memory in all of your time? Because even today you're still uh, umpiring high school baseball, correct? Yeah. You know, I didn't have any, um, I I only did it for one season in the minors and I got offered a job to come back. And I, I did realize meeting uh, the other umpires, both in my class and the ones ahead of me who you'd run into that uh, their version of what a, whole life meant was not as uh broad as mine was and that sooner i was never going to be able to leave my wife and kids behind i didn't even meet my wife for years but i just saw it coming sooner or later and i had other thing other boxes to check uh minor leagues i didn't have any uh, craziness Uh, the ones now in high school are are more funny because there's these and they don't necessarily, the coaches don't necessarily know my back. I mean, most high school umpires did not umpire my minor league baseball. They didn't go to professional umpire school. They do a fine job. I've been there and I've done that. And some of these guys, these coaches come out and you, you, they they think they're a big league umpire and they <laughs> just want to put on some silly show. <laughs> and, you know, again, this I'm I'm wired differently. Like they, they realize really quickly. Now, see all those fans in the stands. This I promise you, you're going to get more embarrassed by this than you think you're going to embarrass me with some nonsense. I mean, there's there's some <laughs> little yapper last year who just started in the first inning of a game where I'm calling balls and strikes instantly. Where's that? What are you? And I, I just time out in front of everybody and just make sure, you know, because, you know, especially when they're embarrassed in front of their high school young men and their players, right? that that makes an impact on them. And I just, I just undress them right there. And see, you have more power. I have way more power now to do that. And in the pro game, you're, you know, it it's just live grenades. There, there's the, <laughs> with everything, with sportsmanship, the example that they're supposed to be setting for young men. I mean, I, 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 I've got a zero policy uh, tolerance for dumb. I mean, if if there if I live if there's a legitimately close play that demands no matter what, even if you're right, you might get some. I, that's part of the game. I I have zero problem with that. But I almost never. Get, it's just impossible levels of dumb. They just decide that <laughs> it's somehow the, the they have a script. They have to come out. They have to say this thing, and it doesn't go well for them. <laughs> you can plead the fifth on this, but I have to ask: Have you ever done uh, a makeup call? Or even if of the ball and a strike call, makeup call. Yeah, in a man, in a manner of speaking, in uh, <laughs> uh, not because it's not because you um, like not not if you blow like a giant play safe out on the bases or something like that. But with uh, with balls and strikes, the simple fact of the matter, even now, you you know, being locked in all the time, you can get blocked out by a catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you, you you sometimes you really you catch yourself in the middle of a game where the pitching is up and down and all over the place. Right. And on on one particular pitch, you'll see 
you'll you'll kind of jump the gun and timing for a plate umpire is so important you know you're you're supposed to, you know, make sure that that ball hits the mitt mm-hmm. and give yourself a second, think it, then say it. But, I mean, it hap- it's the fourth inning. It's 90 degrees. Yeah. The pitchers have been terrible and, and <laughs> so breaks off a curveball that you didn't see coming and and you just say it too fast. And yeah, so I can the see next, that. Yeah, yeah, the next time, you know, <laughs> but, but, you know, but you're... Have you ever blown a call so badly that... No. To make up for it. Yeah, that strike zone just got a little bigger for that pitcher because I really just jobbed him out of that play at third. No? No. I, but I'm not going to say that doesn't happen with uh, with others, <laughs> right. but that's just a way to keep digging the hole further. Yeah. I mean, you, what, a better way to deal this with, with this at any level, if you just kick one and you may not get the grace for, for admitting it, but just say, listen, I got it wrong mm-hmm. and move on. Yep, yep. Do you wait till after the game to say that or do you do it during the game? You know, at the end of my year, and I was kind of in a really salty mood because I tried to get off to go back for my uh, best friend's wedding, mm. and they wouldn't let me go. Uh, so, you know, I'm just umpiring you know, the whatever te- uh, teams I'm umpiring. Yeah. It was the Blue Jays. Short fuse, it was the Blue huh? Jays, the minor league <laughs> Blue Jays, and I was, uh, and he it, he came out and argued something. It wouldn't have been a big deal. I actually, because I was in a bad mood, made it a bad deal. Oh. And I didn't have to kick him out or anything, but we just got into it. But I didn't say it. So then I let the season come to an end. And I the last time I had the Blue Jays again, and it was after the game, because I didn't I that's I didn't want it to be about any right. quid pro quo or anything. I just wanted to let him know after the season. I, I said, you remember that? Because he never treated me badly the rest of the I just I needed to tell you now that it was done that you know i didn't bring my best self to the game that day i made that such and he was just like a dude he just said man i really appreciate your saying something oh, like that cool, that's man. really nice so, that is yeah. cool very cool so you're a music fan you like pretty much every genre because i mean you just i love i'm the, a casual music fan well, i love music but i'm not in any sure. way i, I love the answer i love the answer you gave in the email yeah, I'm a 70s through 90s generalist. Generalist, that's a great way to say, yeah, I love lots of music. But I, I like that the last song that you played on repeat was Sound of Silence by Disturbed, which is absolutely one of the greatest covers of all time. And it got me to thinking, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, because I, I doodled some notes here off in the column here, of just great covers that that are up there like that sound of silence cover by disturbed because they, they, they almost own that song now really if you ask me um but i got to thinking i of, don't know how that happened do you, i i still remember where i was <laughs> who i was with yeah when i heard that i'm driving in the car taking my oldest daughter the one who just went track and so this is i don't know when did that come out man has it been out for three years four years a while uh I'm I, I'm driving in the car, and they announce it on the radio, and I'm like, uh, I hadn't heard of Disturbed. I'm not into that. You know, I'm an old man now. I'm not into that scene. Uh, and I was just like, this is this is going to be the dumbest cover I've ever heard in my life. It's a, it, it's 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 not only it's not only Simon and Garfunkel, but it's like Simon and Gar- arguably their greatest work. I don't even think and, that's what's so wild, man. I think of Disturbed now when I hear that. Title. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I remember, and so I'm, I'm I'm saying this, and my daughter's hearing me this, and it's happening, and I'm like, like <laughs> r- really fast, like oh my, and she's like, what? Because she doesn't even know Simon and Garfunkel, really. <laughs> it, it, and it, I said, I, that's that's one of the most profound musical experiences I've ever had to totally mm-hmm. get to the core of that song in an utterly different. I like an just an angry way, not a folksy way. Yet beautiful. I I, I love. I'll it. never stop being moved by remembering the first time I heard that song. Yeah, and see, the thing about covers is, man, it takes guts to take a song that everybody knows and make it your own. But boy, they sure did it. I think other great covers, 
then maybe I'll make another. By the way, I keep sending you emails during this conversation, just so you know. I've sent you the Rangers schedule. I got to turn my computer back on. I wasn't <laughs> sure if we were going to be on video, so I turned it off, but I'm not, I'm turning it on now. No, I sent you the Rangers schedule for August, and I sent you the Braves Cardinals wild card, and now I think I'm going to also send you a list of cover songs to check out, that, since I scratched them here on my notes there. Um, Jeff Buckley owns Hallelujah now, okay, instead of Leonard Cohen. Uh, have you ever heard of a band called Knox Hamilton? They covered no. a song by the association, Never My Love. I mean, th- these are just songs that these these uh, second artists took and just ran with it. And so anyway, I think Disturbed is a great uh, song to have as a, as a song on repeat for sure. Did you get your computer fired up there? I'm working on it, but now you're proving because I haven't heard of any of the songs you're talking of the other than uh, Leonard Cohen. You're proving why I'm a music generalist. I, I I don't go very deep on this. Okay, very good. Man, my stupid headphones. It's just dropping in and out. So uh, I just remembered that I've got a roll of duct tape right here. And that's gonna get her done. It. That's gonna get her done. It. There we go. Oh yeah, there it is. One more, just for good measure. There we go. Okay. Okay, I'm good now. We'll get back to our visit with Todd Erzin momentarily, but did you know that marijuana was outlawed way back in 1937 uh, in the United States? And the history around its banning in this country is eye-opening. The name marijuana itself was part of a campaign to turn U.S. citizens against cannabis. Well, CBD can get you well without getting you high. And feeling well is what people like Dennis find when they use Dr. Monroe's pain cream. See, there's a gentleman by the name of Dennis. Dennis was a jock. He loved playing sports. He played baseball in college. He enjoyed playing ball with his sons later as a dad, but oftentimes afterward, his shoulder would ache for hours. And after trying Dr. Monroe's pain cream, the pain was gone within 15 minutes. Now he continues to enjoy playing with his sons and looks forward to many more years ahead of being pain-free. I hope you'll head over to DrMonroe'sCBD.com. Give it a risk-free try. Get your money back if it doesn't do wonders for you. And right now, 20% of your purchase price goes to help abused children through the Child Help Organization. Do good for children while improving your own quality of life. Head over to DrMonroe'sCBD.com. That's DrMonroe'sCBD.com. I want to talk to you about the latest book that you and Steve wrote. Tell us all about it and why people need to read this. Why this may be the most important book that they read in the year 2021. I've had this conversation over and over again in doing, I don't know, at least two dozen radio uh, hits in the last month and a half uh, promoting uh, the book. And it was refreshing. I, I did not expect that almost should i don't there wasn't an exception everybody was right there with us um, and these are obviously you know conservative talk shows in but in red states and blue states but i expected more to be like kind of halfway there uh and they didn't know all the details of the book but even in attitude just like still a little gun shy to think how much this whole thing was nonsense at level after level after level, even though I know it was hard to believe out of the gate at the very beginning, but everybody is just fed up. Everybody <laughs> would have no problem with Fauci uh, getting a perp walk. I, I I thought I'd have to kind of walk them the next couple of steps. No, they're there. They've got the tor- they've got the torches and the pitchforks, yeah. which gives me yes, it gives me great great hope. And because this book it's about Fauci and it's about COVID, but fundamentally. It is. It's in the subtitle. It's about uh, him being the most dangerous uh, bureaucrat in America, and he's a poster child for our bureaucratic and expert culture that has utterly failed us. And they fail us because they don't care about us, and/or they hold us in contempt. They and they largely, even though they live between the borders that we have, they aren't Americans in any fundamental way anymore. Uh, so th- it, this really is about taking our country back because the prayer that we oh, i can't wait to get back to normal I can't, yeah i want to go to you in the rangers game and, and have it be full and all of that i absolutely want that but normal as it was sucked 
in many ways because it got us here. We've become soft, fat, mm. lazy, and we don't want to do the hard work of we the people anymore. And there's no way around that. Whatever country uh, you uh, think you're returning to will not have any connection to the founding for very much longer if all you do is want to slide into this re return to normal. I say on the show all the time we have this gated community effect. We just want to be protected uh, and comfortable. That's not something the citizen of this country can ultimately fall prey to. We're the ones who have always got to be the baseline for whatever uh, happens here, not these experts, because experts by definition should be held to the highest level of accountability. And now they're held to almost none. What consequences are paid for the degree to which all of these scientists have been wrong and demonstratively so over and over again? No. Well, if you think returning to normal is just going to happen, I'll tell you, it's the Rahm Emanuel effect. What's the next crisis going to be? I sure as hell didn't expect before COVID that we'd spend the last uh, five years talking about what's a guy, what's a gal, what's a bathroom. <laughs> yet, there, yet there we were. And it's going to be just as crazy in the future. If we're all in this together, we're not just experts running it and everybody else just mask up until we die. We, we, that, we're increasingly falling prey to lazy cultish thinking and i want no part of it and neither does steve and that's why we wrote this book yeah very good that's well said i i, I don't know that i can add anything to that other than yes everything todd just said so um it's been exhausting man yeah and it seems like oh yes it, it's it wears you out because you have to talk about this stuff day after day after day and you just made the point in your answer right there it's like <laughs> in the normal times is us talking about it we are getting further and further out of phase it is it is it's just it's enough to grind you into the ground and you just you gotta figure out a way to power through but you're absolutely right uh, we are also drifting further and further from the vision of the founders and that is the most depressing thing to see because you have kids i have kids and what world are they inheriting my goodness and I think that segues nicely into Twitter because that was your answer to your favorite app. And that's probably, I would say that's it's my most used app. I don't know if it's my favorite one, but I love how you describe it. It's a beautiful rock fight. That is such a great description because my goodness, that is, there, there is a lot to love and there's a lot to despise over there. How, how do you personally... Um, I don't know, not let it uh, enrage you like, say, uh, when the umpiring folks wouldn't let you go out of town. You know, like, how do you not let it affect you in a negative way? Because there's a lot there that can do that. Well, it's, I have no problem putting it down. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not always uh, on, like, my phone. I'm not a big tech guy in general. So there's, I don't have a long list of apps or things I use to begin with, but I, it's Twitter is like umpiring to me in terms of how I deal with these uh, <laughs> high school umpires. I told you about this. This isn't uh, my first rodeo. I think there's a because you can easily forget there's humans on the other side of things. Mm. Uh, you you need to police yourself and make sure you d you don't dehumanize this entire thing. But it's all the beautiful rock fight. This is a unique place where. It, you know, it's it's Socratic dialogue, uh, I, uh, taking ideas and the, the utter stupidity behind many of them these days and just making sure people feel the wounds of their stupidity. Not because you hate them, <laughs> but because we, this, listen, it, how much dumber can it get before we can't salvage this thing? Uh, oh, and so I, I, yeah. I, 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 that's why I think, right, it, and it's easier to do it Really, I mean, really, I, even I, you know, I, I, if you have to do this in person to people and increasingly those moments do need to be taken, uh, that it's, 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 it's a level of embarrassing that you understand is needed and on some level, but you feel bad too, because it's, it's, it, I mean, you raise kids, mm -hmm. I raise kids, you know, it's some, and I've got easy, my daughters have been easy, but there are, there, there's. And it's all relative, but there are woodshed moments where you said, oh, you know, you and you and in their innocence and their youth. But where they did this, it's like, oh, no, 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 no. You don't don't ever mistake this for a choice you have in your life. That's not how this works. Now, elevate times 
a million to adults who say and do the ridiculous things they do. And now, again, if uh, wouldn't you rather do this on Twitter than what we're seeing now? I mean, uh, there are subsections of Hamas taking over the streets of New York right now and stoning Jews. I'm not being hyperbolic. That's actually happening. So I have no problem taking care of this on on Twitter as an alternative Mm -hmm. uh, to that. These ideas need to be put in a tar and it's right. And right now, make make them deplatform all of this. What it comes to make it make these people uh, see uh, make the public at large who keep thinking that there can be some return to normal. No, who are the good guys? Who are the bad guys? Who are the ones who are the real tyrants? Uh, and I find generally I've got a lot done and even at a local level using Twitter, if it went away, thinking of how I would have drawn attention to attentions I've done in school, local school district issues, uh, Twitter has been as useful a weapon as I've had Mm -hmm. to give, put, shine a spotlight on people that like to only do things behind the scenes and they've mm. get away for it for a very long time, Great. especially in education because Great people point. are drunk on the notion it's for the children. We all come to this with good intentions. Well, if you still believe this now after watching the last year and what the teachers, you just, Hey, in my, in my particular case, I've had some instances, but my school, my kids have been in school this entire year. My school district has done a great job and I've chosen my school district because it's kind of semi-rural exurb of Des Moines. I knew that's what, but in inner city Des Moines, uh, in wealthy suburb, big school Des Moines, the, the teachers' unions absolutely shut those things down. Um, it, it, Twitter's a useful tool to make yeah. sure that they don't get away with that. Yeah, absolutely it is. So true. Favorite food are wings, but we need to break this down a little bit here. Because um, I, I love the boneless wings. Am I a freak? Because whenever I go... That's, to a, not, a, that's not a chicken wing. See, but when I go you, to... You, you shouldn't be ashamed or anything. I'm not. Uh, I just, just del- <laughs> I just, I just, I just feel so alone and on this island when I, when I go and I get uh, boneless wings and I love the dry rubs at the BW3. You got the uh, salt and vinegar oh, yeah. and the lemon pepper. Oh yeah. But I, I, I feel like I'm the only person that orders boneless wings. There's just too much going on with the. I'm a messy enough eater as it is. I don't need help from 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 actual chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? But I know I'm weird. It's just it's caveman mode, you know. There needs to be <laughs> there needs to be bone in there, you know. There needs to be the sign of the kill. But I, 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 there's nothing wrong with a delicious, you know. You're you're basically eating an upgrade of chicken nuggets, and as long as you're fine with that, I'm cool. I'd eat with you and share a beer. I'd have you at my table eating boneless chicken wings. And what is your favorite beer, by the way? Because you, you you list that as something that cheers you up. I love that answer. Amen. I'm not a beer snob. It, it, and those who are driving, I like, I, I love craft beer. I love IPAs. I also am a old man who can only have so many of those and <laughs> not, you know, and then have be functional in the morning. Yet, you know, you can buy a six pack of Bud Light Lime and get through all of those and be just fine in the morning. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, and, and, and is there any at a ball game? Listen, I know they are. There's all kinds of craft beers, but the, the simple fact of the matter is just a a good solid ball game dog, nachos with jalapenos, and a big huge Miller Lite. Or I mean, that's that's worth the stuff that makes life. You're worth right, living. and and Bud Light Lime is uh, completely underrated. So that's a, that's an excellent choice. I will say Agreed. that that do, do they? I've lived in Texas now for the last decade. But Shiner Beer, is that uh, up in your neck of the woods as well? Or is that just a Texas thing? Because they make some great seasonal flavors. Like uh, the the one that I love is the Strawberry Blonde. And, you know, it's, it's only every now. I mean, that, that early part of the year there. But, um, I mean, I'm a Blue Moon guy. You know, I don't. I don't need the fancy beers. I I appreciate them, and the people that can create them in their basements or or what yes. have you. I think that's an incredible talent that I wish I had. But uh, yeah, I mean, as long as it. Uh, and plus, after you get a couple three in, then then they're just maintainer beers. Then it's like it doesn't matter what the flavor Correct. is at that point, right? So. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, I'm not. Have you had any of these sours? Um. Yes. I ha- I'm trying to think of which. It's been a while, but uh, oh, oh, I know what I love. I love the salty lady. That's a good one. I don't know if you're familiar. I might be local. I think I, that's. I local. am not. There's a lot See, of local here, here's stuff my here. problem with. 
uh, you know, I just want, like, I, when I go to get a beer, I just want it to do what I want it to do. I'm not, and I'm not in the mode of needing to experiment. Right. So I kind of want to have a sour, but then when I actually go to have the beer, like, nah, I'm, I'm not in the mood to, let's just go with what I know. Somebody brought a, a pickled beer and put it in the fridge. And in fact, Rob Chickering, early episode here of At The Mic, he brought a beer and put my name on it here at The Blaze, and it was a pickled beer or something. That was the nastiest thing. I mean, I don't even, I didn't even take a full sip because I knew trouble was waiting for me. That thing is nasty. I don't need to get that creative with, with my brews, okay? Yeah. Yeah, well, it sound, like I said, it, it sounds like at a Rangers game, you and I will pretty much end up in the same yeah. frame uh, of mind. A Bud Light will do just fine. We'll just argue about balls and strikes and the, the the role of umpires in the future of baseball so oh that's happening i can't wait i can't wait <laughs> uh if you could go back in history i love this answer who would you like to meet And you said the founders is there anyone specific from that incredible generation of thinkers that created this country anyone in particular you wish you could go and talk to and well have a beer with at a rangers game it's less about them any one of them but them in tandem together because there's there's it's unavoidable that these men would be romanticized. I I just want to see how close we got. Right. And we we've read their diaries. It's not their thought and what they think. It's but the genuine. Because I did you have you you must have seen the um the the John Adams miniseries. Yes. Yes. It was that great. was based on and, the, I, yeah. I, with uh, Paul uh, Giamatti. Giamatti mm-hmm. is it? I mean, I thought it was brilliant, but. I think they got really close to what all of us think yeah. their attitudes and their vibes were. Yeah. But that's what I'd really, I mean, like George, like George Washington, look at these men, men of supreme confidence, bordering on arrogance in many <laughs> respects. The th- the thing that got a, you know, Adams could be a dandy. Um, uh, Jefferson uh, was uh, just could not suffer fools on any level yet they had a a respect for each other that turned into a hate for each other that turned into a deathbed love of one another to the point that they literally died within hours each other on july 4th it's which is yeah talk about god's hand on history i mean that's that's absolutely wild to the day from the declaration of independence Yes. On top of But that. these men all to it's like it's like the NBA and you and I are from the same and I'm not a uh a baseball guy first. I'm not a huge I'm more way more college basketball, but you and I I mean Jordan was God and appointment television right. and all of the I mean he's surrounded by Bird and Magic and Ewing and all these guys though the reverential tones they speak for Michael Jordan as the greatest of all time. You know, they and I don't think any of them have any patience for the notion that LeBron is better than him. I mean, they, they, they uh, yet they 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 put their their uh supreme confidence aside and, and anoint Jordan. It's it's these guys, the founding fathers, seem to be like that with George Washington. So I think to come back full circle, what level of gravity just ooze off of that man that he the degree of respect that he seemed to garner in from every walk of life i love it i love it it sure would be nice to go back and even just for five minutes just as an observer at the continental congress and, and it seems I, a cliched answer for guys like you and i and our work <laughs> but i can't i can't get past it i don't have anything original beyond uh those guys um because i think it's a perfectly excellent answer good Mm -hmm. good yeah so i want to i want to go back to your reporter days and tell us about how you got arrested in 2008 that that sounds fun oh yeah (laughs) oh it was a blast man (laughs) so like i said they, they they weren't real fans of me anyways but in uh 2008 we uh, had uh, the second round of flooding in 15 years that you know, really inundated uh, parts uh, of the city. And uh, so I was doing uh, community news. I had for three or four days uh, been down uh, with the Corps of Engineers and the um, National Guard filling sandbags to fill up the levee the, the, uh, or building the levee with the sandbags. I was interviewing all the, the volunteers who were uh, filling it uh, up the sandbags 
I would, the homes, uh, I was down in this neighborhood where the people interviewing, they were getting out of their house as quick as they uh, could, trying to get um, other, as many belongings to high ground. Because It's weird with the flood, you know, the, the, the tornado uh, can surprise you, the, the, the hurricane, uh, you, you usually uh, have some time. Um, and you can see the weather getting worse. This flood thing, I mean, all the rain happens days, if not weeks in advance, and it's just coming downstream through the watershed. And the experts in here are useful, very useful, have picked the day and the time where they think it's likely to crest. And then it either happens or it doesn't. So they're, you're racing against time. There's definitely this tension, but like the, the, the damage in terms of the water, it's all been done. You're, right. you're under blue skies. And it, there may be no more rain in the forecast, but it's coming nonetheless. So it's, it's, it's weird. And, it's, and so you're down, and the, water is, the, the ground is so saturated. It's a blue sky. It's not raining at all. But wa speak, water is coming out of the seams in the pavement like geysers and i'm not oh. just talking about foot like they're, they're as high as a man the water is just shooting out of the ground in several places that's how saturated it was so i've been doing that for days and then finally uh they got the announcement they the water was not going to go over the uh levee they were just gonna uh make it so went to bed that night thinking it's fine i get a call at 3 a.m in the morning the, the levee burst mm. And uh, water came rushing through, flooded out this neighborhood, the one I was talking to you about, a uh, high school downtown. And uh, so, and at the time, I'm in my, still in pretty good shape. I used to run marathons and triathlons. And uh, so I, I said, wake up, grab uh, your camera. And I was told, run down the broken levee and get a shot of it as the sun rises, which, which I did. Now, had I been caught by police then, I would have had way more cause, and still none, but to be po possibly arrested and in 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 danger in any way, shape, or form uh, than I ever was uh, when I was finally arrested. So hours pass. I'm just walking around uh, the flooded businesses, homes, getting uh, or nearby, getting as close as I can, seeing who's down there. There's you know there's people down there. There's gawk. But like I said, this is the damage. Even now that the, the levee is broke, it's done. The, the water's there you're just now you have to wait for it to go away and uh so i happened to walk down a corner and walk upon a, a corner i'd walked past many times before but this time they, they did a makeshift police uh uh station just to kind of everybody collect here see what we got to do mm -hmm. and i didn't know they were there and so they said no you got to leave and so that's uh that's fine i i left uh, at least an hour later, came back to the same area. Like I said, the cops are all gone. Uh, there's a bunch of people uh, uh, watching in the exact same area. The water is at least 100 yards away from us. And I'm walking around uh, interviewing people. And the, the, same, uh, the same cop who told me to get out of there uh, saw me. And he's in his car. And instantly he guns it. And just drives up on onto me like I, uh, I'm literally holding somebody at gunpoint and gets out and says, I told you not to be here. I said, well, you told me not to be there when you wanted to have your little powwow. I said, now look at, I said, I'm surrounded by people. He said, no, I told you not to. I said, you can't tell me not to be here. And he said, oh, yes, I can. I said, oh, no, you cannot. And he <laughs> said, fine, you're under arrest. Wow. And uh, yeah. And so I was uh, uh, handcuffed. And uh, put in the back of the police car, and in during front this of everyone. Oh, in front of everybody! I mean, it, it was it was so absurd. Uh, ultimately, I I, I was charged with um, uh, trespassing, interference with official acts, resisting arrest, and assaulting a police officer. And they did all this <laughs> because, and I'm I'm arguing with them as I'm being led to the car. Tell, and I, I I cussed once, but I I did, I, and I was not yelling and screaming. But I was arguing with them, just telling you, this is, I can't believe you guys think this is going anywhere for you. Uh, <laughs> and and, and uh, they probably found that embarrassing because like everything we've talked about with umpiring and all that, like, I guess I'm just supposed to shut up. Well, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so in the back of the police car, while I'm cuffed, the, uh, the, the police officer, not that initially told me to leave or drive or drive or drove up on me, but his assistant 
he put his hands around my throat and started uh, choking me Whoa. and telling me to shut the blank up, shut the blank up. And he choked me so hard. I remember I was fading to black. I mean, wow. he was a, a pretty big, strong guy. Yeah, I, I, I felt myself losing consciousness, but I ultimately didn't. And so then we get to the police station and they take me out of the 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 car. And uh, I don't know if they got the call there. Uh, at the, but there was a bunch of police just standing out there waiting to see what was going to happen. And so all right there, I instantly start telling, I'm surrounded by like 20 cops. I tell every single one of them what happened. And th these, the other two who arrested me and who did this to me, are just, oh, he never shuts up. He never shuts up. I said, no, everybody, I, I wanted them to see yeah. how consistent my story was over and over again. And it ultimately, uh, so it goes to trial. They charged me with those things because they were tr trying to, uh, uh, cover up what they did. I was mm -hmm. only found guilty of the interference with official acts, which is, if you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, I've police gathered police reports for a long career. It's like the, if we have to, it's the catch all to get you of uh -huh, something, right. uh, no matter, no matter, uh, what. And ultimately, I mean, I, I don't even know what their rhyme or reasoning, uh, for finding me guilty of the, of that was, but I mean, I, I there's not a thing I regret. There's not a thing I changed. I didn't do any of the things the cops uh, yeah, but uh, charged me of. So I've got this unique position on this show. I, where I, mean, I, I am in no, I'm in no way uh, anti-police. Uh, They've got an incredibly tough job. I also, you, you, if you're a conservative, you have to understand that you, you know, the the you can't be anti, you can't be government must be accountable to the people. And then say the, the the branch of government that actually has the guns get to do whatever they want to because that doesn't work. That's <laughs> not a conservative you. position. Thank you. I would yeah. just say you got street cred, man. Yeah, you know, I, I I guess so. Um, so yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> people are fascinated, fascinated to hear that. Some people on uh, I've had some Twitter conversations over the, especially early on in this year, where cops were arresting moms on playgrounds for COVID. Uh, mm -hmm. And a bunch of people wanted to tell you know, you know these cops have a hard job. You know, listen, I don't. You can't. There's cop. There's video I, cops in Ontario of arresting people for shaking hands. You know, mm -hmm. like, no, mm -hmm. just following orders. That's never just going to work for me. And no matter who you are, uh, you, you ultimately need to go to bed at night. And if it's if you think you're doing the work of protecting and serving the people who uh, who employ you. Um, by treating them like that, yeah. that's not a conservative position, and conservatives just shouldn't have it. Absolutely. Do you get this fighting spirit from your parents? Tell us about them. Oh, well, uh, my uh, parents are both uh, gone now. My yeah. mom died, uh, well, I said my anniversary is coming. My anniversary right? is coming up, yeah, so she died like three months before I got married. She's been God. gone a while. I'm my sorry. my uh, god leukemia yeah it all it all sucks it tr yeah. didn't get to meet uh, my four beautiful daughters oh, um, and then my dad just he he died about a week before the lockdowns yeah so early 2020 uh, huh and what a, I mean the, the 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 timing behind all that I mean he was he may have died of covid uh, because it, the way it hit, huh. they said it was pneumonia and he was in bad health. He was 73 years old, but he's the the kind of guy with comorbidities that would be laid out by COVID or mm. pneumonia or his kidneys were starting to fail. And this really got that going. And uh, he really made his piece. They said a uh, dialysis and, and, you know, you're going to be, at, you know, living in a home. You're not going to be able to be able to do this on your own. Uh, and we can't guarantee how much time you have left. And, uh, he, um, he's where I get my my fire from, uh, but his his life from the time my mom died was very very hard. He never was recovered. I mean, he, it broke him in many ways. My mom was the closest thing to a saint I've ever met. My dad, is, in no way, uh, was a saint, and he he knew to the core what he had lost. And uh, he was never just the same functioning human being. But I was so proud of him as my brother and sister were in the end, uh, he really looked that thing in the eye and, uh, said, you know, I'm not, I'm not afraid. Uh, I'm, I'm, I want to go out with you guys, uh, proud of me. And we, we, we were in, mm. and to know that if the, the people in the hospital, and this is a veterans hospital, he served in the Navy, uh, in the junior intelligence kind of officer, uh, thing, but uh, my, you walk into that and there's broken physically, broken people and who are alone and the nurses kept saying how inspiring it was for them because family friends uh coming in it was beautiful and we were there and if this had happened a week and a half later he would have been alone yeah uh because we went so 
Uh, I'm absolutely grateful of the timing for it. Uh, it would it would have been brutal beyond words yeah. had it happened. It was going to happen uh, sooner or later. So there was a lot a lot of grace um, that um, my brother, my sister, and I were lucky enough um, to witness and take with us for the rest of our lives. You hope to visit Jerusalem someday and attend the Olympics. Jerusalem, wow. I mean, that seems like it just got a lot further away. And again, like the Founding Fathers, this seems like a, I just want to walk on that earth. I want to go down the Via de la Rosa. I want to be in the space and time of the the greatest ghosts of the past. Mm. Uh, You know, I'm being a hopeless romantic now, but uh, (laughs) I can't, I can't not be. And the Olympics for me is just like the World Cup. I get mocked a lot on the show (laughs) for believing. Hold on. Is it winter or summer you would prefer to, to attend or both? What? Uh, I would love to go to, I, 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 I'm a skier as well, but I think if I had to choose, I would choose the summer Olympics, obviously track and field has meant, uh, a lot uh, to my family. Uh, and I think there's just more sports, but I, I love, and it's why I like air, airports. I like these crossroads of humanity. Mm. It's why I like the Iowa state fair, but to, to to be at the Steve calls himself the ugly American. So, you know, it's super bowl or bust for him. He, he would hate being at the uh, Olympics. I mean, that's the best of us. That's what, you know, all of this nonsense and hatred where we put the nonsense aside and the, the human spirit and every level is allowed to flourish. And you see that person who's looks different from you, uh, is a different gender from you, but it's the same pursuit to something good true and beautiful that we were designed to be a part of i the food the 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 different languages uh the 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 tower of babel uh would still be there but you but it's but it's there in a way that people seem to like at this moment I want to put everything else aside. I, I want to chip away yeah. at that tower and make it as short and small and insignificant as possible. I I, I, I would love before my time is over to be part of a, a, a and it would be Olympics in a foreign country. I, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I absolutely want to go to the ones that happen down the road here uh, that are planned for uh, North America. Uh, in LA and uh, a shared experience. And no, is that the world cup? I think the world cup's doing that. They're sharing it between Mexico, Canada, and North American sites. But I, w- I mm. want to go to a faraway place and just absorb for two weeks that culture. That's cool. So you want, I, I see, you want the whole start to finish experience, huh? That's cool. Um, oh, yeah, that, yes, it would be, yeah, I mean, from beginning to end, opening ceremonies, closing ceremonies, okay. all of that. Very cool. I mean, so- I, see, I, I'm like a team sport, you know, all of the, the classic Americana. I can't think of a greater moment than to win a gold medal and to stand there having the national anthem played for you. I, 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 I will watch that over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if it's the badminton team that's the Americans <laughs> played it. I mean, we'll see. it is all these American haters who think they've gone woke or something. Uh-huh. I didn't. I mean, I deny you to go up there and take a knee when that's happening. Even you, Megan Rapino, you spoiled little brat. <laughs> So I, my Olympic experience was a little different. I always wanted to go to the Olympics as well. I didn't need the full immersion in the experience that you're describing, but my wife and I went to the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, and I still have the ticket stubs. I forgot if they were $6 or $8. It was to field hockey, and we just wanted to go and just say that we went. And I know the U.S. was playing in the second game. We didn't even make it to the second game. It was hot, and we were miserable, but... We went to the game that preceded the American game and we sat right in the middle. We didn't choose sides. Now keep this in mind, okay, as I as I unfold this for you. I I was not familiar way back when I was 20 years old of the um the two countries by the way that were playing each other, India and Pakistan. Wow. We sat in the middle. We were Kashmir. And the yelling back and forth between those two fans, sets of fans, <laughs> we were like, what? They're, they're going to fight right here, and we're going to be right in the middle of it. And in hindsight, it was the perfect description of what Kashmir is to India and Pakistan. By the way, to make matters worse, the game ended in a 0-0 tie. I do remember that. Wow. <laughs> 
before we go, where can people find you online? Give us the name of the book, everything. Well, you can find me on uh, Twitter. I'm Dace Online. Uh, that's pretty much it. I don't do have a. I keep Facebook mostly uh, personal. Um, but other than that, we are obviously here at the Steve Day Show from noon to two Eastern time on uh, Blaze TV every day. And of course, uh, Fauci and Bargain. Uh, let's get it back on uh, the bestseller list. Uh, there's uh, obviously the, the news cycle. There's all the more reason uh, than ever to read it now. You can find that at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. Todd Erzin of the Steve Dace program on Blaze TV. Thanks so much for making time. Really appreciate it, man. Uh, it's been a blast, man. Um, honored to be asked uh, and fun to do this kind of work uh, with people like you, Keith. I'm uh, really, really uh, appreciative. It was so great getting a chance to sit down and talk with Todd and getting to know him and his life story. I'll say that he and I will have to agree to disagree about the role of instant replay in baseball. However, that's uh, <laughs> we will have to continue that discussion uh, when he visits uh, down here in Dallas next month. Uh, if you know a fan of the Steve Dace program, um, someone who enjoys Todd's work uh, on that show, and be sure to share this particular podcast with them so they can get to know more about Todd as well. In fact, um, a while back, uh, Steve Dace himself sat down with me. If you would like to share that episode as well, you can find both of them over at atthemikeshow.com. Next week, I'm going to sit down with a former Blaze personality, the very funny Jack Helmuth, as we catch up on what he's been up to lately. That's a week from now uh, when that podcast drops through our webpage at themikeshow.com. I hope you'll join us then. Until then, please go be free, and thanks for listening. This has been At The Mic with Keith, an independent podcast production. Head to atthemikeshow.com for archived episodes, sponsor information, and ways to connect. Hey, did you know there's At The Mic Show merchandise now? Yeah, and it's currently at a big discount for a limited time. Head to atthemikeshow.com, look for the shop button at the top of the page, or make it easier on yourself and head to atthemikeshop.com. Com. Enter in code first time buy at checkout and you're going to get $5 off and free shipping on orders over $55. That's offer code first time buy at at the mic shop.com.